Just like that, the final hour is here on this Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Hope everyone's having a great week. Hopefully the week is flying by for you. Show's flying by. Based on the Memorial Day um, on Monday. Short week. Always great. You can visit us whenever, you know, long weekend, short weekend, whatever it might be. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up. Weekend starts on Thursday here at Sixth and Peabody. That's right. That's where everything, business really picks up starting Thursday. And then ends on, what, Wednesday? (laughs) Yeah. Basically, what we're saying is it's always the weekend here at Sixth and Peabody. Always. Yeah, coming up, we uh, we discuss Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and and the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation, which is not a controversy um, out west. Uh, there is controversy out west in Nevada with the trans rights bill that has already uh, been written and received bipartisan support, and then there was an amendment added to it where a hearing was not held that adds in and which passed by Democrats, passed, adds in the fact that Nevada high schools and their um, athletic boards, their school boards, if they don't allow uh, trans athletes to participate in their sport, female, male, whatever they wish to participate in, that those schools and those school boards can be fined $5,000 per day for which trans athletes are not allowed to participate in the biological sport, non-biological sport, I should say, um, for the state of Nevada. And this can be vetoed by the governor, um, which, is, uh, which has not happened yet. But it's a complete opposite approach to the story that's happening right now in Connecticut, where there's a lawsuit that's been filed by former high school athlete Chelsea Mitchell, who is considered the the fastest runner in Connecticut during her high school track days. And she's stating that there are 20 races where she didn't win because she was competing against a biological male. She's joined with three other females who are citing the fact that they had things taken away from them and opportunities taken away from them because they were forced to compete against biological males. The quote is from the post, the two athletes, she's citing two athletes over the 20 races. The two athletes took so many opportunities away from biological females. Even though there were only two of them, they took 15 state championships away from other girls. There were 85 girls that were directly impacted from them being in the races. When colleges looked at me, they didn't see a winner. They saw a second or third place. I wasn't a first-place finisher, and I think that's what really hurt me because she's citing the fact that she didn't get the same attention from colleges based on the fact that she wasn't winning the races that she would have won. This is not new for Chelsea Mitchell. She's already made this argument in court months ago, December of last year, and the Second Circuit ruled against it, and now she's about to have the argument reheard early next week. It's a curious case to follow because will it lead to more sweeping rules well, and regulations around sports? But yeah, like and it's, dividing this the is the example sports. Right? that Nevada should be looking at, and they're not. So Nevada's, uh, I looked it up. Nevada's, uh, I, I believe it is Nevada because I'm a big fan of the show Veep, and they always correct everyone who says Nevada. It's Nevada, apparently. 
Never okay. knew that. But anyways, until I watched that show. Joe Lombardo is the, the Republican governor. He is a former law enforcement agent and a former Clark County sheriff. I think he's going to veto this, I, I would think. Being, being a Republican, being former law enforcement. And he's vetoed some gun laws that they tried to pass there, too. Because the, um, the answer to, to someone who doesn't allow biological men to play against biological women in school is basically to bankrupt the school system. Yeah, $5,000 $5, a day. $5,000 a day. No one can afford that yeah. in school. So you're going to remove public schools? You're going to... You know, uh, basically revoke private schools that decided to do that. I, I don't. That's just such an odd rule put in place and, and law. Five thousand dollar a day fine. So I, I would hope that's going to get vetoed. The Connecticut case, though. Let's see how far this goes because well, it didn't go very far in December. Yeah, it's going to have to. I mean, if it goes anywhere, it could lead to something where we see more states get involved and have some form of regulation in regards to this. Because as we've stated a million times, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, makes zero sense. And you can point to the science of it, biology, as to why it makes zero sense. Chad, uh, I'm, I understand why the 49ers are publicly stating Brock Purdy's their guy and their starter. I saw what happened in the playoffs. I saw whenever he took over, the team was very good. Uh, Trey Lance is <laughs> it's just a peculiar case because Purdy can't practice right now and Trey Lance is coming off injury and just like last year, he's running things during the offseason. He's their guy until Purdy comes back in, although we don't really know the timetable because in this time of year, Chad, everybody's ahead of schedule. Everything's on schedule oh, yeah. and injury recovery. Super healing is going on. But I find it interesting just and, – and look, it's fine to be optimistic and things could be ahead of schedule for Brock Purdy and the elbow. And the, was it – I don't think he had Tommy John surgery, but it was – you know, he, I guess he could have had that. Point being, what, what if he's not ready to go and it's a similar situation to what happened last year where Trey Lance is the guy. They're openly saying he's not. It's Purdy's team. But Lance is needed to start, and then actually, I mean, he is he is the quarterback that Shanahan went all in with, that John Lynch went all in with. But they continue to reiterate that Brock Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse for the starting position of the San Francisco 49ers. They gave up a lot to move up to number three to and draft it's, Trey it's, Lance. It's June. Like, it's not August. I don't, I, you know? It's interesting. They've, I just they've got Sam Darn again. Like it's Trey Lance wasn't traded, right? You're right. They gave up a fortune they gave to move up, up and a lot get him to move up to three to pick him. And I'm sorry, but if Brock Purdy can do that good of a job, I, I refuse to believe that Trey Lance healthy can't do that or better for the 49ers within that offense. It is the one team in the NFL that may be quarterback proof, and they're proving Probably, it every maybe. single year. Maybe. And we Their have, roster, you just need a functional guy this? quarterback, and they can go to NFC Championship games doing that. I, I believe uh, in, in thinking about Trey Lance. So he, did, he played one game in 2020 at North Dakota State. If you go back to the games he's been the starting quarterback, he's only start like since the end of the high school 
year. I think he's only started like 19 games. It's, it's, a, crazy. it's below 20 games. Career. If you go back from the time he graduated high school from college to, to the now, NFL. And that, that is such a small window yeah, that's nuts. to evaluate him. And he's played in how many games over the last three years now? Is it three? He's appeared in four, I think. He played the entirety of the Bears game to open the season, a loss in the rain uh, this last year, and he got injured in game two, right? Yes. So, And then Garoppolo came that, in. That would have been two starts, but didn't finish the second start in this past season. It is a peculiar. You're right about the quarterback-proof label. That will be the, the narrative there. And they are a really good team. Yeah, and I you just, know the other thing. Maybe Brock Purdy is the better option, and it's it, it's I a no brainer for them. I, but. I like what he. I mean, we've seen seven games from him, and I know it's a very again. That's only seven games, but it's not like you have a lot to compare with Trey Lance either, you know. And the the fact that we've seen so much of Sam Darnold is why we're not mentioning him. So it also like defeats the argument of well, need to see more. Well, not with Sam Darnold, we don't. He's a good backup now. Yeah, he is. A, I think he's a really good backup. I would put him top tier of backup quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's he's not a he's not a star. Like at this time last year, we were watching Trey Lance courtside for the Warriors in the NBA Finals, and now it's Brock Purdy's team. Isn't that crazy? It, it, it's nuts, and I, I just maybe Purdy is the guy, and he's just better, and everyone had him wrong and pegged wrong in the draft and all of that, or maybe just maybe the 49ers, It doesn't matter. With the rest of their roster. Well, and they're saying, by the Functional way... Functional quarterback can win there he, and win big. He could be back by training camp. Could be. I think that would be ahead of schedule. They really d don't know yet um, in terms of how his elbow is uh, recovering from surgery. And the I mean, there are quarterbacks that don't come back very well. I think there's only one example. I'm trying to think. There was a, a veteran QB, um, maybe in Buffalo, that had Tommy John surgery. And he lost the zip on the football. Was it Rob Johnson? It was Rob Johnson. Yep. Yep. And he was just, and he was just not the same guy. Didn't spin it the same way. I'm. That's another thing to watch with Purdy. Is I mean, was he a 67, 68 completion percentage guy last year? And they yeah, won. Um, but I mean, it, it will take something off. For a guy who could not even attempt a forward pass in the playoffs. The story for the New York Post comes up when you look at Rob Johnson's career and he flamed out a year and a half after Tommy John's surgery yeah. in an attempted comeback with the Giants. Yeah, and just didn't have it. 33 years old. It's not a, just an easy layup as a recovery. Now, Purdy, I don't think, had the Tommy John surgery. I think that was like a worst-case scenario. But it doesn't mean that he's going to you know, come back and be the same quarterback that we saw at Iowa State or last year. In the postseason. I hope so, though. It's a great storyline. It is. Yeah. yeah no, no doubt. Uh, Chad, is this dad of the year worthy? Uh, check out this, this video of a father um, helping avoid injury. That sheared in half. Oh, look at our, look at our cameraman capturing Watch that. him. Oh, protected his kids. Broken Safe. bat. Big league. Broken wow. bat with a hot that dog in his mouth, in I believe. Beer in his hand. Look at our and the sheared bat is batted away by the father. Wow. Otherwise, it would have hit the kid sitting next to him. Yeah, that, that's a pretty natural reaction. The good news is he was paying attention. <laughs> because the only way that a, a dad's not doing that or putting their arm up 
to Natural. protect the, some of the their kids is if he's not watching the action. <laughs> so he had a good eye on what what was going this, on. This is uh, I'm surprised there's not more issues like this with the the splintered bats. Yeah. Well, also you know the the fact he saw it because usually you're just watching the ball. So if yeah, you're, you're wa- right, even yeah. watching the game, you watch the ball, and when that bat splinters and flies, you may not Don't. see it because you're watching the play or wherever the ball went or wherever it was fouled off to. And so the fact that he saw the bat flying at his kids and reacted that way, great great reaction time. Monty Williams uh, surfaced, resurfaced quickly. Uh, we mentioned yesterday the NBA likes to recycle coaches around the league. Um, Monty Williams fired by the Phoenix Suns. He's now the head coach in Detroit. Um, step down. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would... By the way, Detroit approved that they have set the dates for the NFL draft. Just tying that in. They made that official at the end of April of next year. Detroit, Detroit. Is, Detroit has long been called the Phoenix of the Midwest. So that, yeah. that's, he's got that going for him. Monty Williams, good coach. And I'd say a step down in uh, terms of weather and locale also. Yeah, but, for, but also like with the way the Suns are positioned. The Suns, after getting fired to go to the Western Conference Final, the, the Suns are... But, but, were they in the Western Conference Final twice with him? Well, they made it to the finals one year and lost to Milwaukee. And then the I think another and time. And then I think he got to the Western and then came Conference up Finals short. maybe another time. Yeah. yeah. Um, now they're positioned with Kevin Durant to be next year's version of the Denver Nuggets. The pressure. We will be talking a lot more about the expectation level for the Phoenix Suns than what we have with the Denver Nuggets. And the Nuggets aren't going anywhere. No. Right, but so that, I mean, if they win this title or not, you're still they're coming back. But you've got the former MVP win and Durant, or they're going for their first title. It's, just, it's strange to me that the former MVP and Durant and the expectations that it will be on the Suns, and then you have the two-time back-to-back MVP and Jokic, and it's just kind of like, oh, they're the one seed. They're good. Can they close the door? They better slam it against the Miami Heat. You know who we're not going to be talking title with? The Pistons. The Pistons. I don't where, think so. Where, where Monty Williams went. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they're they're I, not going to be in the mix this next season. What do you think about the Saints? John Gruden was brought in to, uh, to help out and give advice to the Saints coaching staff on installing the offense for and catering it to Derek Carr. Um, reports are the NFL has had zero issue with this, um, with the Saints bringing in Gruden. I, I think this is a sign that if Gruden wanted to, he could get back into it. As a consultant, as a coach, as a front off, whatever he wanted to do, uh, the Saints are saying that the NFL had no issue with Gruden helping out. But would they have an issue if he was hired full time from, from I mean, someone? It, when uh, no one even mentions Gruden, it has no, been I, way I, off the radar. When and, I when I saw the story, Hutton, and this is how fast time moves. Yeah, with scandal, you know, right. whatever the scandal is of the day. That I, I had to look up and see how did he lose his job? Oh, that's right. The email, the leaked the email, email from leaked 10 emails years because prior. of the Washington lawsuit that came out and they fired him or, or early in the season. I think it was in October when it happened. Uh, the season he was fired, but how quickly we forget? Will the NFL just forgive and forget and now move on well, and allow him to coach again? Does, uh, we'll see. Does he still is the lawsuit active against the NFL? Gruden, because he, he he was claiming that the the NFL leaked that those emails, right? Yeah, he, he was going to sue them. Yes, is that still well, like the NFL a, did leak it? <laughs> Someone did. Oh, it was either that or Snyder that yeah. did it. Um, on Tuesday, it was earlier this week. Dennis Allen, uh, of course, ties with Gruden. 
was asked why he brought Gruden in. This was last week when he was there. He watched practice, discussed the offense. Look, I mean, number one, we've had several coaches come in and visit. Obviously, John's a guy that's had a lot of experience with Derek. Derek has had the, the most success of his career under Gruden. And he goes on to say, and so we felt like bringing him in, having a chance to sit down, visit with him as an offensive staff. The quarterback's just getting to know, know some new thoughts and ideas that, might, that we might be able to implement. Meaning, like, what worked and what didn't with Derek Carr? It's smart. I, absolutely. Very smart of Dennis Allen to do this. And it should pay. I mean, they've invested a lot in Derek Carr. Yeah. You know? And they have a chance to come out on the other side of the uh, Drew Brees career with a guy that is looking for a fresh start and I think is going to play okay given just the surroundings. They just should win that division. Getting out from underneath the umbrella of the, of the Raiders. Yeah, and I think they should win that division with their, their roster. Yeah. And yep. now with Derek Carr, and that's a weak division, I think the Saints are the class of the NFC South. So anything you can do to help the quarterback is always smart. But bringing in John Gruden, which you know, people can say whatever they want about everything else with John Gruden, the man knows offense. Yeah, The man knows the quarterback position. So, And he knows Derek Carr specifically. Great move by the Saints. Well, and Jameis Winston is still there. Hard to believe. And he's saying he still has the skill set to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Gruden's there for Carr, not Winston. Right? No. Yeah. And look, at this point, the ship has sailed for me on just Jameis Winston starter. No. Backup. Good backup. There are not many good backups in the NFL. Not many quality starters he's in, the in the NFL. He's in the Sam Darnold category. Yes. He's yes. in the Marcus Mariota category. They're and backup he, quarterback. They're high draft picks that hey, have phased out. We've seen what they are now, and they're really good backup options for a team. And he's back. He's, he's been searching for a, a starting role, but made the decision. He's not disputing what we're saying. He's just saying, I still believe in my skill set because he decided he wanted to be back in New Orleans. They brought in Carr, and he said, hey, I'm just looking for opportunity. I'm grateful every chance I get. He's saying all the right things, but... Winston's the backup. He made the right call. And there are plenty of guys that make great money that stand on the sideline now. Winston can do that. He's going to have a good second act to his career as a backup, as a solid backup for, for teams. I, I feel that way. And I, I, again, I feel the same way about Sam Darnold and what he's going to be in San Francisco. Solid backup. There's a, at least one more year for Livy Dunn at LSU and uh, the gymnast and influencer and the example of name image likeness. What's next for Livy Dunn after college? I asked her that yesterday. We'll play her answer next on Hot Mic. Coming up, wait some very disturbing news during the break. Yeah. People are going to have to find a new chicken sandwich now, apparently. Soon it'll be blue jeans. <laughs> Soon we're just we're going to be on a hunger strike. Yeah. No food, no drink, <laughs> nothing. All men will denounce beer, blue nothing jeans. is acceptable. Yeah. Blue jeans. I mean, you take my, my Chick-fil-A sandwich from me, we got problems. <laughs> 
Uh, hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on. Uh, also, uh, Al Pacino may have <laughs> Unbelievable. Some, some problems at his very old age. 83 years old. 83. Uh, wait until you hear the story coming up. Uh, Chad, uh, yesterday uh, I was able to thank you again for, for holding the fort down for yeah, me. Uh, no problem. Uh, hosting a series with Livy Dunn as part of the On3 Elite Series for name, image, likeness. They uh, On3 Sports, they brought in the top 25 or so college athletes in the entire country to hear from uh, experts on name, image, likeness, collectives, best practices, do's and don'ts, suggestions, advice. Um, and where we're headed in all of this, the expert for name, image, likeness is Livy Dunn. And I brought up on stage, and you'll hear from her and her, and her mother, Kat, that I'm looking out at the crowd, and you've got uh, Dylan Rayola, who's out there, quarterback, five-star, Georgia, class of 24, many others, that you know, two, three years from now could be on the cover for the new version of what we loved, NCAA football from EA Sports, right? She's done that, becoming the first collegiate athlete to make the cover for and, and pose for Sports Illustrated. And she dives into being the only person on the planet that can be the first to do it. And her mom also jumped in with reaction to the criticism that came her way from the New York Times. First collegiate athlete to be a part of the swimsuit edition. Um, I, I can tie that in because of the football players in here. NCAA is coming back in 2024. We've got the top athletes in the country in this room for on three in the lead series. You guys could be on the cover of that video game. To me, that is the equivalent growing up with that game. That's the equivalent for you as it would be for the SI swimsuit model. And trust me, I, I, I bought both the SI swimsuit model and college football. Uh, I love both. Um, but you are the only person on the planet that can give perspective on the window of opportunity to be a cover for a monumental global brand that is recognized as brand acknowledgement. And Sports Illustrated called you to be a part of the swimsuit edition. Yeah, I mean, Sports Illustrated was a dream come true for me. Um, but I feel like it's something that I, I manifested more into my life and worked really hard for rather than it just came on a whim. I mean, I put in the hours with social media and they saw that and it was, I felt as though it was, they saw the message I was trying to say in my social media post that, you know, you're more than just your sport. And they, our, our vision aligned and yeah. they reached out to me and it was just such an honor and it was so fun to shoot. And I feel like all these, Gentlemen have the same opportunities. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's wide open. And where did you guys go for the shoot? Puerto Rico, yeah. We went to Puerto Rico. It was in the middle of my, or right when my gymnastics season started. And they usually take six days to shoot. And they, I obviously can't take six days off during the beginning of my season. And my coach was like, a day off. So I went to Puerto Rico and I prayed for good weather. And then I shot and I came back to school. I, I think it was interesting too that Sports Illustrated they were interested in her not just because of her athletics, but because she had was like willing to put herself out there and she was putting out a message like supporting women in sports. 
um, they came to her after like the New York Times had kind of written a hit piece on her, mm -hmm. and she was willing to like use her social media platforms to stand up for herself and stand up for women in sports. And so I think that message too is that like don't be afraid to use your platforms now that you're going to have this spotlight to put out a message and stand up for the things you believe in, and then these opportunities will come to you. Brands respect that. And I like that that's her mom at the end of saying like the New York Times and the, the, the hit piece that came out, you know, um, the hit piece was basically about the, the this, post this, on Instagram. This is what's wrong. Yeah. This, this pretty girl making all the money isn't, yeah. isn't what's right. But that's, that's kind exactly of the, the reason why opinion piece. That's exactly the reason why name image likeness is there because it's a, she is a brand that she would not have been able to capitalize on unlike any other profession yeah. at her age, right? Uh, collegiate athletics just didn't allow it. And in her case, she has turned this into a massive success where she posts something, it's going to be a hit. Um, she it's going to be seen by millions of she people. She partners with a brand. It's going to be a hit. You know, 7 million TikTok followers of 4 million on Instagram. I mean, the numbers just continue to rise. But I like what her mom was saying. It was like, look, athletes now have a chance and an opportunity. If you build your brand, you can profit from your brand. This isn't pay for play. This isn't anything that, you know, Saban's talking about in terms of, you know, uh, a salary cap. Or anything Urban Meyer's talking about with, what? with Dan on his no show. No doubt. Th this, is this is just totally straight different. off the field, off the floor, off-campus, job, career, brand. And this is why NIL is, is here and why it's a good thing. There are pitfalls to it, but she's the example of how you can profit off of a, a social media account, regardless of what it is. It's her account. It's not the university. It's not the NCAA. Otherwise, she'd have to wait until she's not competing in order to profit. It's exactly why the rule is in place and it exists, is what she's doing. The ability to capitalize financially on her own name, image, likeness. Yep. That's the Livy Dunn story. I mean, people, you, you could not like it all you want. This is why the rule, this is, this is the purest form of what the NCAA and what the government is allowing with this, with all the court uh, sessions and everything else that led to it, here it is. This is the extreme success story on Livy Dunn's side, but this is exactly the way it was meant to be. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it's not pay for play. It is. And she it, is finding a way on her own through her own social media accounts to make a lot of money because she's got a lot of followers while she's in college and participating in athletics. That, that's why the rule exists, is for Livy Dunn. And the, the conversation continues. So she's going into her senior year at LSU. She's 20 years old. She has a year left, but she, she also has two years left, actually, because she still has the COVID year that she could use if she wants to. But at this point, what's next? After the, the collegiate career as a gymnast is over, what is next for Livy Dunn? What is the key to continuing to grow your brand on the platform you have created built because on one hand we want to learn how you've done that and then you want to maintain and grow 
And I think there's that certainly your, your vision is much further than just Livy Don, LSU gymnast who's crushing it on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, this year has offered some really cool opportunities. I, I did Sports Illustrated. I did a music video. I was on Billboard New York, which is really cool. And I feel like um, to keep that going, you just got to, like I said, be consistent and also look at your engagement on your social media. That's like something that I find very important with my audience is seeing how they engage with my posts. And I feel like that's what brands look at as well. Yeah, and, and being willing to show a little bit more of yourself than just yourself. I think that, you know, the um, brands really connect with you as a person. So they like to see who you are and what your values are and what you stand for. So be willing to show that a little bit. At what point, Libby, did you stop looking at how many followers you have? You have seven, I mean, 7 million on TikTok. I mean, you know, there's 4 million plus on Instagram. Like, if I, I, if I reach 60,000, I'm happy, you know? I mean, my head can't even wrap around those numbers. That's just insane. I guess all the work I put in has paid off. But I don't know if I ever really looked at, like, the follower count going up. I just look at the engagement more and seeing how my audience likes what I post, they, how they engage with it, the comments, and who likes it, like, the demographic of who likes my pictures and stuff. For you, like when you saw the number continue to rise, at what point were you like, oh my God? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. It's a, the numbers are huge. But I do see the side of it, like, I, I do see the kid who, like, goes home and does it every day. And I, and I watched her do it when no one was watching. So, the, like, the interesting thing about building your brand is, like, now it's like, well, of course, you know, Livy's going to post because she's going to get a million likes on this. But I remember the kid who was posting when, you know, almost, you know, with, there was very little engagement and she would post four or five times and then look at which one performed best and tried to come up with a strategy about what, you know, type of content she wanted to post. So I kind of watched her do it when people were like, back in the day when people were like, TikTok's dumb. Or this yeah, is TikTok's cringy. Because it was. It used to be like cringy. It literally used to be cringy. But... I feel like being at the being at the forefront of TikTok, kind of when it got popular and doing what was unpopular at the time, paid off in the end. So, what where are we headed with TikTok, Instagram, Twitter? What are you leaning into now? I'm really hoping to have my own my own thing, my own product one day. I'm not exactly sure what that is yet. I'm funny, but I I don't know yet. But so by 21, you'll have your own. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> How about that? The goal of having her own social media platform instead of just having a TikTok, Instagram, Twitter account. I told I told her uh, off air, uh, off stage. I was like, instead of the blue check mark, it should be a Livy check mark. Yeah, for for influencers. She is headed places, and yeah. uh, what she's going to be doing is making a lot of money. Tons. The way she's making a lot of money now, Tons. she'll continue to do that. Chad, coming up. We will dive into the, weirder, the weirdest uh, stories of the week. Uh, one of them is Al Pacino. We'll lead with that, with what he's been up to. <laughs> but uh, also uh, politicians, councilmen, TV networks, uh, certain things that men are bringing to a funeral. 
We, we have the weirdest stories of the week through Davey Hudson. That's next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location in Nashville, Tennessee, and across the great OutKick network. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on. We hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can check us out at OutKick.com. All the great headline stories and great shows and podcasts available each and every day, whenever you need it. OutKick.com and on YouTube. Search out OutKick. Chad, was it Robert De Niro that recently yes. had an, uh, yep. pre- uh, is going to be a father for... He's like 70, is he 80-something? He is, um, I want to say 78 or 79. Um, I'll I'll look it up. But yes, very recently he revealed that his, uh, I think it's his wife, wife or girlfriend, is expecting. uh, So is now Al Pacino, who is 83 years old. He is 79, Robert De Niro. Okay. Uh, The legend, Al Pacino, 83 years old. His 29-year-old girlfriend is pregnant with his child. Nice. Um, Davey Hudson also joins us. This is the weirdest story I think we're going to hear. But uh, the, the photos it, of him and his girlfriend walking around like a museum together is it looks like he's with his granddaughter. Like she looks like she could be related to him also. When you when you see her, it looks like he's it looks like grand like I'm I'm taking granddad. I mean, to go this, see the museum. She's like walking him around like a frail old man. There are not many things that Leonardo DiCaprio can list off of things he has not accomplished. This is on his list, apparently. Give it time. You know? Give it time. When Leo's 83, also, like, he'll be doing this. Why? Why? It's, it's almost cruel to the child. Because you are setting the child up to not have a father very long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You're but 83, also, like, like you're not... What, what are you going to inherit? I mean, let's say everything works out great and you live 20 more years till you're 103. Like, you're, this, this child is losing a father at a young age. I mean, Younger Pacino most, looks dead right now. <laughs> I know. But does the girl not look like it could be his granddaughter? Like, I mean, looks any, like any 29-year-old family. looks like his granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, she actually kind of looks like him to me. Like, the photos you see, you would just see them out and you say, oh, that's cute. Granddad walking his granddaughter around. Then you find out, no, she's going to be the mother of his child at 83 years old when he's 83. It's wild. That is... uh, Wild times. That's weird, but not the weirdest stories of the week with Davey Hudson. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! All right, Nate. We enjoyed the 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 fill-in-the-blank version of this last week. I think... Davey's bringing back the... I like it. I'm excited about it. I love playing the game show. We're just going to keep keep things rolling like they were. Keep it fresh. Keep it entertaining. I love this concept. We don't know these ahead of time. No. So let's... Let's roll with it. What are you bringing first, Davey? All right, guys. The first one. A Rhode Island councilman resigns after blank. I'm going to say a drug bust. Resigns after Rhode Island. Resigns after... Impregnating secretary. Wow. Mm. I've got pregnancy on the mind. You pulled with this, that from this, Rhode Island? This Al Pacino story. That happens a lot in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> big, big on that. Big on that in Rhode Island. Uh, I'm going drug bust. That's pretty good, Hutton. It was actually, there was a crack 
pipe incident. Um, you know, I mean, you get that on them big jobs. The dude was passed out in his car. I've already forgot oh, the man's wow. name. Matthew. I have seen this photo. I didn't yeah. know that it was this story. Yeah, Matthew Riley there. You can see him on your Look screen. Um, <laughs> this is in Cranston, Rhode Island. It looks like Pacino. <laughs> I mean, he was out. The guy's like, you know what? Been going through a tough divorce. Decided, you know, get a little high going. Uh, they also found a bag of uh, cocaine on him. Is that um, him right here? He's just looking at yeah, the, that's, that's the when puzzle they pulled, look on his face. Yeah. Like, I didn't do it. They pulled him out of the car. I wasn't asleep. They were asking him, it's like, what would your constituents think about this? And he's just like, that's not exactly what he said. But, you know, he probably tried to make some excuse. The only good news I have from this is, like, he didn't go for the cycle. There was not a dead hooker in his trunk. So, I guess that's the silver lining. This is Cranston, Rhode Island, which makes me think of Breaking Bad. It also makes me think of Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Freda Felcher from Cranston. Yeah, that, that movie takes place in Providence is where it starts. So did he resign immediately? Is it just him on, on, uh, on body cam just saying, I, to all of his constituents, uh, that, I resign? Uh, that's one if you get the crack pipe in your lap and you're passed out in your car, that you come out with just to cuff me. You know, just, <laughs> cops there, you, just, you just come out, both hands together, get in the cuff position. Go ahead, take me away. I, I did it. Yeah, this, I did all of it. This happened on uh, May fifteenth. I'm not sure. I know he had resigned he, by the twenty second. He so. could have used the it's cocaine 11, before he passed. It's eleven forty two a.m. and he's sitting in a salon parking lot. If I'm reading this right, you see this the sign back there. Yeah, eleven forty two a.m. salon parking lot. Gazebo salon. Yes. Yeah, great, Orchids of Asia Day Spa. Yeah, great mm. advertisement for Gazebo Salon. It's where councilmen <laughs> go to get high and pass out in their car. His dare teacher's probably furious with him right now. <laughs> um. uh, next up. Yeah, guys, next up, uh, we're, I'm just saying, we're, we're going over to the UK on this one, but we'll start off with the TV network okay. was blasted for airing what? Oh, it's in the UK? Yes. That's, porn. You're going to say porn. I'm going to say something with... Harry and Meghan Markle. And that's just, you gave it away based on the location of this. No, Chad was right. It was a 15-person orgy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they aired a 15-person orgy now, on like Channel now, 4. What? Wow. So, no. they on accident, I'm guessing. No, this is uh, the name of the show. It's is called, it cable or is it like public access? It's like Channel 4. So that's like one of their main channels over there. It's like a network, wow. I think. I mean, it looks, I mean, it looks like a sleepover. It doesn't look like an orgy. Well, yeah. who made this decision? Like a pillow fight. Well, the show itself is called Open House, The Great Sex Experiment. Oh, so okay. the fact this was going, pretty much the idea behind yeah. the TV show is to open up couples to things outside of a monogamous marriage. New and, and exciting experience. Yeah, and, and two of the uh, the people were hosting a party. One thing led to another, and, and here we are. Following this the script. is like uh, HBO's late night programming from 1992. They just made it yeah, over Channel 4. the grainy footage. But it's on television, which yeah. is odd. I, yeah, I don't, I don't blame people for complaining about this if no, it's on a, a main station. I, I hear you. I mean, I remember when I was young, a lot of parents got upset when Nickelodeon was on. Their kid fell asleep and they woke up to Adult Swim. I couldn't imagine what it'd be if they turned this on and this was the, the case. <laughs> this is uh, enlightening some couples that are taking part in the show and enlightening a yeah. lot of teenagers all across the UK that tuned in for it as well. For those expecting an update on the couples involved i don't know if this uh helped with the monogamous yeah. situation luckily or not. pacino wasn't there chad yeah have a lot of pregnant women that's right you got a lot of, a lot of kids coming out of that situation yeah. if old al was there very fertile and then our our last one as far as the game show goes 80 percent of men have brought a blank to a funeral okay i've seen this i've mm. seen this headline chad and it makes total sense when you hear what it is i'm gonna say a shovel 
Eighty percent of men bring a shovel to a funeral. <laughs> so it's a bold strategy. Uh, the eighty percent part, I so, wasn't really a minute. A, a gun. I'll say a gun. It, it, uh, I've seen it. Condom. Yeah. There you go. Now this this makes sense because I think if you carry a condom, it's in your wallet, right? Yeah. And you bring your wallet into the funeral service. Yeah. So this right? was that, at least that that's where I'm thinking this factors in. That's that's where mine mine was going with this one. Uh, where I mean, if you look at eighty percent, that's they surveyed. I think it was like eight out of every ten. Do some math, you can get that down to four out of every five. But it was males 18 to 35 did this okay. uh, survey. And I think there was like 2,000 males. And yeah, Wait, they said to... Where do these surveys come from? It's a great I've never question. been asked to take a survey like this. And I, who's to say we're not just making up these stats? Why is it 80%? Shouldn't a survey be like 83.4%? Yeah, they could have just asked five How, people. It's never... <laughs> right? round off. I can't go to the store there, and buy something for $4. It's got to be $3.97. Um, so, or it's got to be four dollars and three cents to give me the change. Standard I, there's for, nothing that's just even number. Well, like is, there, that. is there a standard for how many people are asked to make it a survey that's legit? Because, like I said, they could have asked five people, and four of the five said yes, and that's eighty percent. Yeah. Well, that's no, not that's I, not in, that's not an, I do, a, an interesting. I, I do bit buy of info it. because I it's do a buy it. Small sample think, size. You know, if you're if you get your wallet on you, especially if you're you know the the age group that Davey's mentioning. It's in your wallet. Well, it's, uh, it's Will Ferrell from Wedding. It, well, I was actually, I, Chad, I was literally going there. Uh, Chad <laughs> Reinhold once said that grief is nature's most powerful aphrodisiac. Yes, he did. And he also was like, yeah, her boyfriend just died. Dude died in a hang gliding accident. Uh, what an idiot. <laughs> I love the, the nonchalant. Honey, look, I'm Chaz hang gliding. Reinhold I'm dead. In that movie when he's like, I've been I'm crashing funerals for a few years now, actually. <laughs> You're crashing funerals now? Been doing it for a few years, actually. Yeah. It's uh, been very fruitful. I don't know if this is a an example of how old we are, Chad, but uh, Davey brought this story up or this, uh, this phrase up earlier, and I didn't know what it meant. Davey, ask Chad the same thing. I still don't yeah, know what so, it is. Yeah, so, well, to, to go into this, the, the headline just reads that Kim Jong-un goes full Big Chungus. Okay. I mean, I made that headline up, but so, Chad, are you familiar with Big Chungus? No. So, a couple, couple years ago, Big Chungus was a meme that took over, and really all it is is a life size or giant size Bugs Bunny from like an actual Warner Brothers uh, cartoon from the 40s and Bugs gets really big it's pretty much just a quick way of saying oh that guy got big in a hurry he's yeah he's straight up big chungus okay and I've never heard this in my life there was a video going around where a brother got his um, younger brother a video game and it was just he created this layout of like a PS4 game, but it just had the Bugs Bunny on the beginning. He's like, hey, I got you this. It's Big Chungus. And his brother's just like, what the, what the hell is this? And it just kind of led from one thing to another to where a mom called a GameStop, like, hey, I was looking to get Big Chungus for my kid. And, and then Reddit just took it and ran with it. It should be a game for them. And it, it's been fun. But the, no, the reason I brought it up, because Kim Jong-un, things are not going great with him, the Supreme Leader of North Korea. Uh, chi- or, uh, spies are saying that he is now up to 308 pounds. Uh, they use artificial intelligence to... to weigh him somehow i'm mm. still a little concerned on that he hit a hole in one yesterday too but i mean this guy's like five foot five amazingly so he can still dunk also 300 plus pounds. pretty incredible there but 300 pounds for five foot five now they'll say he's five <laughs> eight but we, we know that's not the case meanwhile no one else in his country eats 
Yeah. yeah. A lot of people say like they want to be president Sign one day. I'm like, why, why would you want to do that? You got half the country to hate you. Sign me up to be Supreme Leader of North Korea. That's where it's at. I mean, those people view you as a god. Yeah. Now, granted, they're probably going to try to take him out pretty quickly. His sister's doing some wheeling and dealing in the background. So we'll see what happens there. Word is she's even more ruthless than he is. But yeah, things not looking good in North Korea. Grant, well, granted, they've never looked good in North Korea, but no, here we are. Looks a lot better in South Korea. That's for sure. Davey, great job. Uh, the SEC has voted. They will not be playing nine conference games moving forward. We'll discuss Period. We'll discuss what they're doing. They're playing eight plus a required Power 5 opponent in the non-conference. Wow. Who do you have in game one tonight? Nuggets. Nuggets. Same. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow right here on the Outkick Network. Enjoy your chicken Network. sandwiches while you can, people. <laughs>